0: Love Talk Radio. I want to say something to everyone in a spirit of humility, a spirit of meekness, and a spirit of Christ-like love. There's chaos and calamity in the world and there's so much hurt and distrust. When police are killed we need to say something. When black boys are killed we
1: need to say something and when we don't say something we're saying
0: something we have the spirit of redemption when we speak at our concerts and our churches I beg of you let's ask the people that we are accountable to stand in front of to pray with us for healing
1: woke up today, another headline, another innocent life is taken, in the name of hatred, so hard to take, and if we think that it's all good, then we're mistaken, cause my heart is breaking. the kind of clothes
0: that And our families will come together right now and seek your face. You will forgive our sins and you'll heal our incredible land. In the name of the only Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Well, good
1: evening, everyone. It, this is a great, great evening. And Greetings from the great state of Texas and the United States, and I'm Pastor Brian Fouts with Hazak Ministries. So good evening, everyone, and tonight on Reaching Out Radio, we're going to be sharing something really special about the reaching out to the world in missions. And you know this is going to be a great year of reaching out to the whole world And we pray that these tips tonight will give you an encouragement with meeting your challenges and the purposes and your journey. And remember, regardless of your age or of your position or station in life, that God has a great plan for you and he's got a purpose for you. And if you'd like to have your friends or family listen in this evening, please have them call in and dial 626 696 8607 to listen in. And again, that number is 626-696-8607. So greetings from the scenic Columbus, Texas, where the town is located on the beautiful Colorado River. And for those of you who don't know, Columbus is the oldest surveyed and plotted Anglo-American town in Texas. And it was on this site of the legendary Indian village of Montezuma, And they say that historians say that members of Stephen F. Austin's old 300 began arriving here in the area way back in 1821. And so with that, good evening, Sister and Evangelist Montel Fields, and I'm Pastor Brian Fouts. And this evening, I am honored and excited to be back here on Reaching Out Radio, where we are reaching out to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And for those of you... In the listening area, we are with Hazak Ministries, and our ministry was started with the vision to bring a message of hope, healing, and encouragement to those who are hurting, lost, or hopeless. Now, for those of you who do not know, the word Hazak is a Hebrew word, and it means to make or to be strong. It means to strengthen. It means to sustain. It means to support, and it means to encourage. So our hope is that this evening that you, our listeners, will be encouraged with our message this evening. Now, if you've missed any of our previous radio programs, you can always go to Reaching Out Radio at www.blogtalkradio. That's www.blogtalkradio, And just type in Brian and Leah Fouts, and there you can find all of our previous shows, and you can listen to them free on demand. So before we get started, I just want to open up the program with a word of prayer. Father, we pray for protection for Montel and for her family and for reaching out radio. And we pray against any technical difficulties and we speak against any demonic powers that are out there in the airwaves. And we'd like to pray for those out in the listening audience. And we pray that for open hearts, for changed lives, for for everyone this evening, in Jesus' name, amen. So, this evening, we're going to be talking about several items reaching out to the lost and the hurting world, and this is the time to press on. And life is fragile, folks, so never give up and never, never surrender. So, first, I just want to share a word about bringing a message of hope and healing and encouragement. And these are things that stir me in my sleep and give me excitement about doing the Lord's work. So think about this. What do these words really mean and why are they important? So to think that the Lord will give us visions to fulfill His will and to give us the resources to accomplish those visions and that it will be confirmed and consecrated by Him. Now I don't know about you, but now that really rocks. And what that really means, folks, is that God has a plan for our lives, and all that we have to do is to reach out and ask him, hey, God, what plans do you have for me? And here's a great verse to share with you, and this is from Proverbs 16, verse 3 in the NIV. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So, yep, it's that symbol, and so it's just so easy, but for some, it can be so hard. So, this evening, I want to, again, introduce to you my good friend and pastor, Bill Crenshaw of Rock Ministries. So, Bill, how are you doing this evening?
0: Man, I'm doing great, Brother Brian. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. I so enjoyed um, our last visit last month before I went on my trip, and uh, you know, uh, so I'm doing great. Thank you so much.
1: Well, awesome. So let me ask you, some of the listeners may be wondering. So, how long does it take for you to go, say, from Houston to Uganda?
0: Oh, good, good question. So, um, you know, you uh, usually you have to, you can take a a flight uh, my my flight was from houston to amsterdam this time which was nine hours of flight time and then i had a three hour de- uh, over you know a delay there and then i got on another plane and flew another nine hours to get to entebbe uganda so it's uh it's an 18 hours flight time and when you throw in uh, wait time at airports and drive time is pretty much a full 24 hour day to get from, uh, your house to basically, uh, Uganda.
1: Oh my gosh. Isn't that something? So when you land there in Uganda, how long was it for you to get to the next location that you were going to?
0: Well, when you land in Uganda, it's in Entebbe and it's just south of Kampala, the capital. And so, uh, It's only a short 30 to 40 minute drive to drive into the, so it's not bad at all. So uh, you're actually right there in the metropolitan area of Uganda. The biggest city is Kampala and Entebbe is um, actually a very famous uh, site. So uh, yeah, it's it's very easy to get around as long as you're not traveling in deep traffic. But traffic (laughs) there can be very bad.
1: So now, was Kampala the
0: the town or village that you were going to? Well, I did. I I ministered uh, with with another group of pastors and churches on Sunday. The Sunday, I I arrived late on a Saturday night and was scheduled to minister on Sunday all day with uh, several churches who had gathered in one place there in Kampala. And so uh, it was a blessing to be with uh, Pastor Moses in the Eden Deliverance Church in Kampala, Uganda. Uh, they greeted me very warmly, very affectionately. It was just a blessing to uh, worship with them. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, when I get over there, they worship with such enthusiasm. It's their whole heart. It's their whole, they, they put everything into it, and uh you know, honestly, it's 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 refreshing to go to places like that because uh, over here in the United States, so many times we're, we're we're more reserved just culturally than that. And to see the to see the abandon um, of of worship is just a beautiful thing, no matter where it is.
1: Kind of like what we used to say as uh, musicians in a church: it was kind of like three hymns, three verses, and you're out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's not that's not that's not it. There, I mean, you you probably have, uh, uh, you know, five five songs, five dance groups, and then they'll have, you know, they'll go through it again. So they they really are great dancers, great worship leaders, and uh, it's just it's just so much. I'm uh, so blessed by it. So uh, we ministered that Sunday, and uh, you know, praise the Lord, uh, Jesus uh, brought a few people into the family and had. Had many others rededicate their life, and so uh, it was just a great time to meet new brothers and sisters, uh, greet them, uh, get to know them a little bit and uh, and just spend a little bit of time together. It was a blessing to be able to go all right so besides
1: after your worship time in church on sunday so uh, so what were you doing the rest of the time while you were there
0: well it was uh, after that we went to what we're what the Rock Ministries. By the way, I want to give a shout out to all the the people around the world uh, that are connected to Blog Talk Radio, Reaching Out Radio, Montel Field, Brian South, Azak Ministries, Rock Ministries. If you're out there, no matter where you are tonight, I want to greet you with blessings of Jesus and thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, we just think you're going to be blessed to get a, get a word of encouragement, get a word of blessing, and and, and a word of knowledge about how to be more strong in the Lord And keep marching forward So thank you for joining us tonight Well,
1: um, oh, that's just really awesome All right, so you're in there Sunday So you get up on Monday So what were you doing on Monday?
0: Well, Monday, uh, we were going we're <clears throat> We have a movement amongst the, amongst the Congolese people That has started in uh, a, a refugee camp uh, it's called Chaka Two, uh, and Chaka Two is a refugee camp of primarily Congolese that have literally had to flee for their lives from the Congo due to civil war, uh, gang and violence. And uh, wow, and there's a there's 137,000 of them in this one camp. And that's just one camp. So,
1: oh my gosh,
0: we. Um, years ago the lord took me over there um to basically just do some training some simple training on why we're supposed to share the gospel with our neighbors and uh and to uh encourage them to do so and give them simple tools uh to do it and so we trained for three days and um so that was two years ago. And so now from them being obedient, okay. It's just simple obedience. Um, when I went over there this time, two years later, we have, we, we have over 200 groups now and close to 4,000 people. Oh, and wow. So the Lord is, the Lord is moving very, very rapidly. And so it's, uh, it's, 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 a good, it's a good challenge to try to keep up, but uh, so it was a blessing to be able to see what the Lord, you know, it says, uh, you know, we're, we can plant the seed, we can water the seed, but we can't grow it, so uh, that's what the, the growth is the Lord, and so we give him the glory for that, so I was going back over there for the second time, uh, and the first time was just basically, I would say, initial seed planting, right, and so... Okay. Um, uh, after, after that Sunday, it takes you pretty much got to take a whole day to get there because uh, traveling is slow, um, and uh, so we traveled on Monday, but then we had three days in Chaka, too, and uh, really we were just training our leaders primarily. So we had over 200 leaders, and we had rented out a church so that we could do uh, some training, some encouraging um we did, we did some training about the kingdom of God and talked about just, just the kingdom of God, such a big subject. Um, I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning myself. So uh, that was the next three days, uh, basically meeting with them in the morning and uh, praise and worship and training. And then we would have service uh, in the evening and inviting basically anybody that wanted to come. And it was, it was a packed house. People, people were very much hungry for, for the Lord.
1: Wow. You know, and the pictures that you just sent back are just really uh, amazing, you know, because you can just really tell that people were, what I would say is, you know, it wasn't the typical smiling faces. It was like, uh, it was people that were really glad that
0: you were there. They're such a gracious people, and they are glad I was there, and, and, um, and not because I brought them anything, but uh you know one of the things when 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 the when the movement was growing so fast for almost all of them, I am just a the name they've never seen me right um, just to give everybody a give everybody a backdrop okay this is a very, very poor uh refugee camp I mean most people are living off of what the United Nations provides, which is very very little less than a dollar a day and uh, their houses many times are basically just built with mud and sticks with mud floors so we're talking really really uh, poverty um at least physical poverty and they're it's really a very difficult life and they're out they're not close to a city where there's jobs and so um you know i'm sure many of you can can Maybe even better than me. Put yourself in his shoes. You've been you've been through no fault of your own. Run out of your own country, the Congo. Many many people are have grief and loss and uh, because of lost many loved ones being killed and slaughtered by the civil war going on there. And now you're right. in this new country, your place you don't know. You don't have a home. Um, you know, many times you've lost your your husband or your sons or both and so it's a it's a it a difficult place, and so uh uh you know there's a great need for uh sharing the love of christ and, and sharing the hope there is in christ and uh, uh and so that's kind of the backdrop of kind of what kind of place this is. I wish I could show everybody pictures uh but i'll' we'll do my best to describe what it's like there and so uh it's a physically beautiful country. Um, it's right on the equator, um, and so it really doesn't have a lot of change in season temperature-wise. It obviously has a dry and a rainy season, but right. it's very beautiful. It's very lush. Um, they can grow year-round because they're right on the equator. and so. Um, but uh, it, it's a difficult life in the camp, and they just don't know what the future holds but uh wow. you know that's that's the kind of that's the kind of darkness that Jesus pushes into
1: well i know that the pictures so, that you sent to us you know we we put it on our newsletter for this month and then lisa uh posted the newsletter up on the hazak facebook page and so you know if people want to see some of the pictures uh that were taken there they can always go to our facebook page at hazak ministries and there's a, a newsletter on for this month that's on there that they can actually go on and click and take a look they just beautiful pictures and just you know there's a lot of really beautiful people that were uh you know that were taken within the shots of the pictures themselves uh you know and you know as a child you know my parents took us to uh, south america to Colombia. Uh, I kind of told people if you ever saw the movie Romancing the Stone, that's kind of like what it was like for us. But, you know, uh, you you see people that are living in huts or Saudi huts like that. And, you know, in Africa, you know, as you stated, that a lot of people are living like that, especially with civil war that has taken place. They've lost, they basically have lost everything. They don't have anything. And uh, the only support system that they've got are usually just the other people that are with them and that may not include any family members
0: no that's so true so um so you know and um, you know the other thing though I remind a couple things you know I, I went the first time I went to Africa was in Tanzania in 2008 and uh, we went to a very similar area in Tanzania we were in western Tanzania we were partnered with uh, the soft walk tribe out there it was a Tanzanian tribe, and we would go out every every summer we would go out to a different place and uh, share the gospel orally because they couldn't read or write and so I was struck the first time I went out there how one how physically poor they were, but the contrast was how genuinely happy they seemed despite their physical circumstances wow and it was a very big contrast i mean they was these people were primarily subsistence farmers otherwise you kind of they ate what they could grow and uh they i would say they had more smiles on their face and uh and uh, in some ways we're really happier than we are over here with an abundance of things. And it was very striking to me to find that. Um, and so um, when I paint this picture of, uh, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just say uh, for me, it was very striking. And I still feel, I, you know, I see that in Uganda. It's a very physically hard life, but uh um, it's not as um, the people there aren't as uh, I guess down about themselves as we might think of the picture we're painting. It's uh, they actually make make, uh, make do and and you know tend to be reasonably happy in very difficult circumstances. And it's kind of humbling to see that for sure um, and you um, know.
1: You know, I'm kind of reminded in Hebrews, like you said, we're, we're over here in this country that, that people forget uh, what an abundance that we have, and people are always complaining about lack, and, you know, and yet, like in Hebrews 13.5, it says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And a lot of times, I you know, I have to remind people of that, that, you know, they'll say, well, I don't have this or I don't have that or I've got all these bills and I've got all this debt. And I just, you know, I just have to kind of remind people that when you get up every morning, you've got to give God praise for another day to be on the top side of the grass and to give him praise for what you have and just ask him to use you for the day and to be content with what you have. And so much of the time, people are always griping and complaining for lack when they really don't have lack.
0: No, no. God God has blessed. If you're a child of God. If you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're living for him. I don't care how much physical lack you may have. You are the richest person on earth. You've got the Lord creator himself. You are heirs in the family. He has adopted you as a full son and daughter. Uh, you, are, you are a ruler with him and all these things um, that honestly we have to keep reminding ourselves. The Bible tells us these things that uh, our primary blessings are spiritual blessings and our relationship with him is what is at the top of the list, not our physical blessings. And so, uh, yeah, coupled with what you said, that, uh, you know, we we have to be content with where God has placed us because he's placed us there for his purposes. And um, so uh, it's a – but it's – it's one of these things, it doesn't matter whether you're over here in the Western world or you're in Africa or Asia, I think we all, as brothers and sisters, have to remind ourselves as we daily walk through life uh, of how blessed we really are that God has called us to be in his family because it was yeah. all him. It was not us. <laughs> and uh, That's
1: right. Well you know I'm reminded of from you know in Philippians 3:12 and 14 it reminds us that we have to give our past to Jesus and there are two things that we must forget from yesterdays our defeats and our victories and when it comes to our defeats we have to forget our injuries and wounds and let God heal of those hurts we also have to put ourselves under the forgiveness of God and the forgiveness of ourselves and sometimes people can't do that. They just get up every day just living in the past, you know. It's kind of like, where well, is me? I don't think I can do this. And and I tell people, you've got to get up, put one foot in front of the other, and let God direct your path, and let God direct your steps, you know. And I am so excited, you know, when when you've taken off and gone on your trips just, just to see what happens when you get back because, you know, the pictures that you take of of the people that are over there, they're smiling, they're happy, they're in worship. And that's the way that we should be living our lives each and every day. And they have far less than we do, and they're happy.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's, a, I guess, a paradox. You wouldn't think that would be the case in- um but but they're yeah, they 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 are and so uh even though in the midst of needs and wants, um they're generally generally pretty happy and uh with less worries. But um so yeah, it um we were going over there to encourage the people. I mean, uh I just met so many because I, I actually um just wanted to be available to as many people and uh, be real and authentic to them. Um, or, you know, I think uh, they they were telling me that uh, uh, that they really appreciated simple things like uh, like eating with them, eating their food with them, because so many people look like me, American tall white guy, come over and say something, but then they, then they, then they, then they get in their car and they have to go eat somewhere else away from the people themselves. And I've just never done that. Um, and so, uh, you know, and the simple things you learn that, that people appreciate, uh, is being real. And, uh, you know, so eating with them and, uh, uh, worshiping with them and, uh, going out and greeting them and looking them in the eye and hugging them and, and allowing them to shake their hands and all these kind of things, it means so much to people, more than, more than I even think realize it, because somebody, people just want to know that somebody actually cares. Right. Spend a little time with them. And it makes a huge difference, especially in that kind of environment.
1: Well, and that's something that, you know, that, we have to learn to do over here you know and uh, I found when the Lord moved us uh, from New Alm to Columbus uh, and I'd asked him I said okay we're here what do you want me to do now and uh, his first word was stay the course and then about three months later he just said bloom where you're planted and what I found out what that meant was is that when you start meeting people you take time out to talk to them you take time out to get to know them and it 's not like a quick handshake and hi bye, and you know give me a call on the phone number and we'll we 'll meet for lunch sometime it 's literally taking time out to get to know people and people are just they 're starving for that, and I think that is really yeah, so unique and neat so that when you 're overseas and you 're in these other countries you 've actually got an opportunity to Use that and to develop that, and to really understand what that means to take time out to get to know people and uh you know i've just I've just been really amazed uh especially with your trips that you've taken to see how the Lord has used you in that endeavor
0: yeah um he he really does and he'll he'll use anybody that will Uh, Make themselves available To God's agenda instead of their own He wants to use every If you're listening to my voice He wants to use you Okay To accomplish his uh, His will As it says in the Bible But he wants you to be the hands You to be the feet You to be the arms of Jesus And he will use you If you just Uh, What I say is When we get out of the way That's when God starts working And he will go He will put you to work I promise
1: I love that (laughs) Repeat Can you repeat that It kind of reminds me
0: I was What's that What's that Brian
1: I said Can you repeat that
0: again (laughs) Maybe (laughs) I said uh, (laughs) God (laughs) May I You know, I don't have these things just come, you know, as you can tell, I'm just having conversation here. I don't have anything scripted. But uh, God, if you're listening out there, whether you're in Pakistan or India or Africa or Indonesia or any other country that I did not, God wants to use you, okay, to be his hands and his feet and his arms. And his smiling face, and he wants to use you all the time, and he will. But the, the beginning of you being used is when you surrender to him and say, "Okay, Lord, use me, and let's do Your plan, not mine." Okay, that's when the beginning it. will start. When, and um, it reminds me, I'm watching uh, the chosen uh, new series put out by Angel Studios, The Stories of Jesus, and we're in season three, and if you've not watched The Chosen, it's awesome, and it's free, um, and on, the, on your phone, but uh, anyway, the, the lead actor that plays Jesus is called, I think his name is Jonathan Kumri, and he was interviewing, and, and he was talking to a bunch of Gen Zers, which is basically early 20-year-olds kind of getting their reaction to the series. They started telling his own story a little bit, his own testimony when he went to be an actor in, uh, Los Angeles, California, which is Hollywood. Right. He was there and, uh, he was down. He said he had $20 in his pocket and a hundred dollars in his bank account. And he did not know what he was going to do. And at that moment he said, uh, he had bills to pay and no way to pay them. At that time, he just got on his knees and said, okay, Lord, let's, let's do it your way. What do you want? I'm, I'm all yours. And after he confessed that to the Lord, he got up and went back to his room where he slept, and he looked in the mailbox, and there were four checks in the mailbox. Oh, wow. From people he did not know that paid all of his bills. And then three months later, he was cast in the position of Jesus in the chosen, and the rest is history. So it isn't that uh, I'm convinced for all of us the beginning of being useful to Jesus is the end of us and the beginning of him. And so I encourage you, uh, if you're trying to do it yourself or trying to uh, uh, you know do your plan for your life and um, it's not going to work out very well, and when it doesn't, Jesus has a better plan, and I suggest that's the better one. So yes, anyway, that's my yes, little yes. Uh, blurb. <laughs> so, well, it's like
1: the guy. It's like kind of like the guy that says, "Well, let me tell you what I'm going to do," and then the guy started laughing in the back, and the guy said, "What's so funny?" And he said, "Well, you're getting ready to tell us what you're going to do." He says, "I'm more interested in what God wants you to do."
0: Amen. Amen, so is God.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, and it's like i was I, I was reading this it it was talking about in in ephesians two ten it says that for we are God's masterpiece, and He's created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago, which yeah. reminds me in my Bible teachings where it says that you know, God knew us that be, He got He got He knew us before we were born. He knew who our parents were going to be, and He already knows what He's got planned for us. And that's the hard part that we've got to learn to get down on our hands and knees and ask the Lord, "What is it that You want me to do?" Or as Smith Wigglesworth used to say, "Lord, what would You have me to do?"
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I and I love that story <laughs> that you just shared about the guy in Los Angeles because for people who don't know, that's really how God works. And
0: sometimes Absolutely. people say, oh, God.
1: geez, you're just so lucky. You know, you just happen to have been there at the right time or the right thing or whatever, you know. And uh, my wife and I, when we first went into ministry, we would be praying for the Lord to, you know, bless us with money uh, that we would need for our ministry to keep on going, to stay in the place that we lived, and to continue to pay our bills, and you know, and I'd come back to Lee, and I'd say, Hey, look, you know, I checked the mail today, and we got we got we got a couple of checks, and you know, the Lord has really blessed us. And my wife had a really great saying that she came up with that I'm starting to use more and more. She would just say, I am no longer surprised; I'm only delighted.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. As, as we, you know, we can really lean into God's promises. Okay, I mean, His promises are 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 just as rock solid and true and dependable as the sun coming up in the morning. I mean, uh, if, you know, in, in Matthew six, he talks about you know. Seek first the kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be provided. Okay? Yes. And uh, that is all these – everything you need will be provided if you just put me first. Okay? Put me That's first, right. my business first, and I'm going to take care of you. It's a promise, and he will do it in the most amazing ways that will testify not only to you, whoever received this, but to your family and your friends around you because they will be what is going on with this person because I've never seen such a thing. And that's exactly how God wants it. He will make it known that he is taking care of his children in miraculous ways.
1: That is just so awesome. So I wanted to ask you uh, while you were over there, uh, so were there some really interesting uh, answers to prayers that took place. Were there any miracles that took place while you were over there?
0: Actually, yeah, there absolutely were. Um, and um, so, I, you know, I want to talk, talk. I want to talk about that. I'll tell you in just a second. But uh, you know, miracles in the Bible are extraordinary miracles. There's mir- there's everyday miracles, natural miracles, childbirth, the way the body's all kinds of different things that. People call miracles, but right. miracles in the Bible were, you know, when you see them, they were healing, uh, casting out of demonic spirits, raised from the dead. These these things that don't happen every day. They weren't natural miracles. They were supernatural miracles. And right. so uh, we had been, I had been studying uh, and doing some teaching on the kingdom of God, and. Uh, what we see in Scripture is two, of the thing, two main things that Jesus did were to preach and teach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And uh, those two things are like preaching the kingdom of God and healing the sick are like two sides of the same coin. They seem to always go together when you study what Jesus did and what the disciples did after him and then what the early church did after that. And so I've been right? learning about this kingdom of God because there's not a lot of teaching on the kingdom of God that I have ever experienced. And and the more people I ask, there's not – you ask people what the kingdom of God is, and a lot, a lot of times they're not quite sure. And so I've been, been studying this, and uh, uh, and I was talking to a friend over in Wales uh, named Mike Indicott, and so he's been – uh, so what uh, when when the kingdom of God came near okay with Jesus or with the disciples when he sent them out things changed okay people got healed uh, demons had to flee and it was when the kingdom of God came near and right. so uh, you know one of the things we were doing is basically the kingdom of God has been was brought by Jesus because he's the king and his rule is the kingdom. And so on uh, one of the last nights, um, on the third day we were in Chaka, um, I had invited anybody who wanted to receive uh, a miracle uh, down, ask them to come forward. And I didn't know it. When you invite somebody over there and they, Do you need a miracle in your life? You don't get one or two people. You get dozens and dozens, okay? Right. And they just come. Um, so on the last night, I gave a call, um, and then there was – at that time, I think we had about 25 come up. And I noticed this one woman, she was middle-aged, was coming up the aisle – she was limping very badly on a cane, and the limp wasn't a little limp. It was really, oh, you know, each each one was a big dip, and she was in pain. And uh, she was a frail lady. She's probably eighty pounds, soaked and wet. if that. Yeah. And so she came up, and uh, all of them were, you know, they they come down immediately and kneel at the. Foot of the the stage And um, I'm working through interpreters They speak Swahili there So I'm really comfortable with interpreters I've been used to it But it takes a little bit of a while So I asked this lady Would you come up here Um, And so I had given A little bit more of a backdrop What I had preached on Was do you need a touch Of Jesus tonight That was what I preached on and uh, the story I talked about was the, the woman who uh, had been suffering for 12 years because she was bleeding. Um, it was, oh, the, she a woman with the issue bleeding. of blood. Issue of blood, and she could not stop bleeding. And so um, she had spent all her money looking for doctors, looking for anybody that could potentially heal her in the natural And none of it worked. She was at what we would say the end of our rope. She had nowhere else to go. And um, not only physically was she in that condition, when you were a Jew and you were bleeding, you were considered unclean. Okay? That's right. And what that meant was you couldn't be with your family. You couldn't be with your friends. you, You couldn't be around anybody because you would make them unclean. So not only was she had been sick for a dozen years, she Was lonely and desperate and running out of hope. And oh, so, wow. uh, I was teaching from that story. Um, and uh, if you don't know the story, uh, basically she had enough faith and she believed that if she could touch the very tip of Jesus's hem of his robe, that she would be healed. And that's right. In the stories, she was healed immediately when she did that. Jesus healed her, and then not only did he heal her physically, he called her daughter. Your faith has healed you, and she became a child of God. So not she was healed physically and spiritually in the Bible story. Right. So I was teaching that story, and so now that's kind of the back the backstory to the story here. Uh, <laughs> um, so this woman. She's dragging her right leg. She's got a cane. And so I asked her to come up, and I asked her, um, what would I her, What would you like Jesus to do for you today? And she, through interpreters interpreter, says, I'd like Jesus to heal my leg. And I asked her, well, how long, what's wrong with your leg? And she goes, she goes, it's hurting really bad right now and it's been this way for twelve years. Oh my gosh. And uh <laughs> yeah. And I said, Well, can can I see it? What's wrong with it? And so she raises her skirt up about twelve inches and this frail woman's knee was about the size of a grapefruit. Okay? It was huge. Oh boy. It was huge. So um uh, I, I begin to pray. I mean, I, I, I tell people to encourage them that Jesus never turned anybody away that believes that he could heal them. Just a little bit of faith and expectancy. He didn't turn anybody away. He didn't say, no, I can't. He didn't say, maybe later. He didn't say, well, you really haven't been a good person. He didn't say, you're from the wrong family. He didn't say, uh, you know, you haven't forgiven somebody. He didn't say any of that. All he did was heal them, time and time again. And so, I I, I was sharing that with the people because the problem we have is receiving the kingdom gifts is in the receiving part of it. It's not he's already given it, but we don't know how to receive it anymore. We lack we lack faith or expectancy. So. Uh, so I started to pray for uh, this woman but it was it wasn't directly for the woman it's it's, it's declaring thanksgiving prayers that uh, by his wounds we are healed that's a statement that's made in Isaiah 53 and uh, the, that grace flows freely the, and and so you, you're declaring all these kingdom principles um, because what we talked about just earlier is when the kingdom comes near, things change, and so so what we have to do is receive the kingdom coming near, and our circumstances will change, and so I start declaring these very simple things. This is not something I learned in a seminary. It's not something I learned in church. I didn't have this famous preacher or teach me this. It's very simple things that anybody in our listening audience can do, and so I'm just... Declaring these things, and after after a few minutes, you know, maybe maybe five, seven minutes, I go back to her. I said, "Her name is Christine, by the way." So I said, "Miss Christine, how does your leg feel now?" And I could see her eyes get kind of big. You know, you know, people's eyes, eyes go whoop, like kind of, whoop. and so through an interpreter, she goes, "I don't know, but something is moving down there." So something was moving down there, and so I knew the Lord was working on her. And so um, I asked her to put down her cane and hold my hand and walk across the stage with me without the cane. And reluctantly she did, and she did fine, holding my hand. And then I turned around and said, can you walk by yourself? back to where your seat was, stage, And she kind of looked at me and let go of my hand and she walked right right past. And so um, anyway, God was definitely working on the leg as we spoke. And uh, after I had prayed for some of the other folks and as a group, uh, I asked her, how's your leg now? And she goes, it really feels good now. And I said, i tell you what, let's leave the cane here Walk down the stairs, and I'll walk with you back to your seat. And uh, praise the Lord, that night Jesus healed her. She's not walking on a a cane. Her knee is back completely to normal. And the next day I was sent a video that she continues to walk totally normal. So Jesus Jesus healed her that night uh, just like we see in the Bible. It's not any different, okay? The same stories that we read where Jesus heals, um, he does those kind of things today to, to people just like us, just like this Christine. And so it was just, we just give mighty praise to the Lord that he confirms his message by miracles and signs. Um, that's Isn't okay. that awesome? Yeah, it was a blessing to me because that's, that's not something I had experienced before, okay? You, you know, you want to you think, well, Mr. Pastor Bill Crenshaw, he's experienced, he's been doing this for 20 years. That's not the case. <laughs> that is not the case, okay? And I say that so you can be encouraged, okay? That's right. Be encouraged to take a step of faith, okay? We have to take a step of faith. We have to believe what Jesus says. And when we step of faith, God's going to back you up, okay? Yes. He's going to back you up right where you are. He's waiting on you to take a step of faith, to believe what he says, and to act on it. And I promise you, he's, he's got your back, okay? So um, this is not something that, um, you know, so many times um, teachers, preachers, and and leaders we get the impression that you have to be somebody that's done this for a long time, got all this knowledge, all these things and actually the Bible doesn't teach that. Knowledge is a good thing, but when we look at the early disciples, they were just they were more obedient than knowledgeable by fault. They just trusted Jesus and were that was the key thing. I trust Jesus. And they did. So God did amazing things. Now you know on the on the healing side. I mean, I, I know God did more things than that. I saw some the um, manifestation of demons and things like that. Um, and so God was doing more than just this woman. Um, it uh, so but the, the other thing that's actually uh, more life changing than even that is you know we had. We had sixty people who the Lord during those three days. So sixty oh, wow. people praise the family Lord family and and that's the real that's the real change, okay? Signs signs and miracles are so that you will believe in the one and only God in Jesus who he said. So signs and miracles are to confirm who Jesus is and so that you will believe. So really the the big praise the Lord is, is basically these 60 people uh, were born again. Um, there was some, there's something inside of them now that uh, was not there before, and that's that's a whole new thing for them. And that's such a blessing to be um, to put yourself out there and allow God to use you, because He certainly will, and you'll be ble- You'll you'll be used to give a blessing, but you'll get a blessing just as well.
1: Well, and that's, you know, and that's what it's all about, and you know, and uh, I just love hearing stories like this because, uh, you know, people sometimes, you know, they figure that they got to travel across the United States to go find somebody to lay hands on them, and uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that we're told, you know, uh, says we're confident that healing is for everyone. You know from exodus 15 and it tells us that god is the lord who heals and we've got to remember that that god is the one who heals and um you, you know and it's just i'm just always amazed because people go well you know god doesn't heal me i've gone to healing sessions and healing seminars and nothing's happened is my faith just not strong enough you know, and I'm kind of reminded what uh, Alex Hendrick said in his book, uh, "The Battle Plan for Prayer." He just said that you know, when we ask God for something, sometimes His answer is yes and it's immediate. Sometimes it's yes, but it will happen over time. And sometimes it's yes, but there's a lesson to be learned. And sometimes, absolutely no, because our motives aren't right or He said, yes, I'll answer it, but it's a no for right now because I've got something better in store for you. And, you know, we have to learn that, you know, they said, well, Paul had this thorn in his side that the Lord never healed, and we don't know what that thorn was, and he had to live with it. And,
0: uh, you know, it's like I had known people before. You know, there's there's quite a few people that think that thorn in his side was the immense persecution, he he had to continue to endure. He did. So, right. Uh, yeah, so uh, because, you know, it's funny when, uh, if you know your Bible, you really don't see anybody, any, uh, you see a lot of persecution, but you don't see anybody sick. No. You don't. And it's not like they had a health care system. It's not <laughs> like they had in the midst of doctors. Okay. That's
1: well, right. Let, let, let's get. That's right. Let's go three blocks down to the next uh, Adobe hut where the Aetna office is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And it so, it
1: wasn't down there, or the Humana office was right around the corner from it. It just. It just wasn't there.
0: Just not there. You know. And so. Um, but uh, it was a. It, you know, we was so blessed to be there, and so. Um, you know these these things we can you know I was uh, I was sharing some things that we can put some stakes in the ground. Uh, we all can, and a couple of those stakes are uh, in the book of Malachi. God says, "I, the Lord, do not change." Okay. Right. And in the book, <clears throat> I think it's Hebrews it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay. That's right. So. Um, God is not changing So what that means is When we see a character trait of God When we see a character trait of Jesus Okay We know that character trait Is exactly the same as we see We know it's The same today as it was then Okay Yes So what was the will of If we look at And we also know Another stake We have two stakes The third stake is Jesus never did anything he didn't see his father god doing right
1: that's right i love that
0: so so those are three stakes we have in the ground because we know jesus is the perfect image of the invisible god so once you want to know about god just look at jesus because he's the image of the invisible god and so that's right jesus and god are in perfect agreement and they never change well that's immense for us, because when we look at something in the Bible, whatever we see in the world right now, whatever we experience or whether we, if we think something's changed, it hasn't. Okay? It's the same. We have moved off base. It hasn't been God or Jesus. So, um, you know, talking about healing as one example, uh, and and that's just one of the, like, Jesus' will every time, like I said, was to heal people that came to him with some sort of degree of expected faith. Right. Um, And therefore, we know that God totally agrees with that, right? So Jesus healed everybody. God's in agreement with that, and he never changes. So how can God not be a healer today? How can he not be... That if he's not a healer today, then he would have changed, which goes totally against the stakes we have in the ground, right? Amen. So it, sometimes, it feels like sometimes we as the body of Christ have maybe unintentionally drifted over a long period of time away from the stakes that we need to put in the ground. Um, and so... Um, Anyway, I, I just thought it was, uh, for, for, for us and for the people there, uh, that was some really solid facts that they could sink their teeth into and grab onto, um, in the midst of the world, which wants to throw us around and tell us, uh, there's no hope and, uh, uh, to be fearful and all these other things. So, um, anyway. Well, I and I imagine, things, you know, uh,
1: that. Watching this woman get healed by the people that were there that had to spread throughout uh, The rest of the people in the area to say gosh You won't believe what happened last night.
0: I am sure there was definitely some of that um, The um, The interesting thing was you know sometimes Jesus laid hands on people and sometimes he didn't and so and yes when I was doing it I basically I didn't lay hands on her, okay right um, and I you know there's not a you know that's that's not a right or wrong if I would have it would have been just fine, but I didn't and the and um it's it's really much more about the kingdom coming than it is your specific technique whether you lay hands on them or you put your hands on their shoulder or on their head. Or any of these tactics or techniques. It's really not about that at all. It's about the kingdom having its way because, uh, you know, the kingdom. Yeah, they
1: say that when Smith Wigglesworth was on his dying bed and he talked to Lester Sumrall, he said that he had seen a picture in the future. He said, I will not be alive when this happens, but he said there will be a time that will come that the Lord will anoint so many people that they will be out and talking to people, and they'll be sharing uh, they'll be sharing Jesus Christ, and they'll be healing them verbally, and that there will be people who will be getting up and walking out of the hospitals and medical centers, and they'll be totally healed. And I just always thought that that was just such a I always just thought that was such a really cool vision that he had because it wasn't about walking in and laying hands on people. It was basically you're in talking to them and probably just saying and praying for them and just saying you're healed in the name of Jesus, amen, and then bam, they're up out of that bed and they're gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we... So, so that vision is not unbiblical because we know that, um, you know, when I think it was the shadow of Peter came in contact with people, they were getting healed. Yes. Um, and, and so these kinds of things um, are, uh, you know, compared to where we are right now, they, they sometimes sound so far out there, but they're totally in line with the kind of things that God does and has already Well, died. and you know, and where
1: you were probably that uh, the news probably spread that night and the next day and somebody probably said, "Well, you know, Cheryl the cripple, well, she's no longer a cripple anymore."
0: Yeah, you know, that that definitely happened is that uh, um, cuz I told people, I said the kingdom of God is available all the time. It's not with me. It's grace flows freely from heaven. Yes you know, uh, All the time now because of Jesus And there's grace everywhere You might picture it like air you breathe It's available all the time And um, so you don't have to go to a special person Because it's, uh, God has made it available to whosoever will come and, uh, I love that, whosoever uh, Yeah, and, and if and, and if you're breathing out there right now You are a whosoever Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Well, hey,
1: listen. Um, you know, w- as as we get close to the end here, were were there some other things that took place while you were there?
0: Um. You know, I did I uh, did ask me to uh, baptize there, and so praise the Lord, uh, four people came for immediate baptism, and. Oh, uh, neat. So, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting place to baptize just because uh, when I got there, there was probably twenty or thirty people there with the four people, and they were singing and uh, worshiping songs. And when I got there, they put me in. They have a traditional white robe that they wanted me to wear that I had to put on. And I saw have, that white
1: robe in your pictures.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so what you didn't see was before, when I got there. This was what I would call. I'm from Louisiana, and I'd call this a slough, not a canal, but a slough. It was about, hmm, I would say, it's probably twenty feet wide, and, right? Uh, and so they were two of my brothers were out there, John, and and one of the other ones, and they had these tall. Tall green sticks they had cut And they were out there And they were pushing these green things To the bottom of the canal And uh, they, they went all across the canal Pushing into the bottom Instead of stabbing it in the mud Right And yeah. when they came out I said well what are y'all doing What was what that for And they goes, well we just want to make sure There's no crocodiles there. <laughs> 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 So So uh, I think it was a good thing I grew up in Louisiana because uh, um, it wasn't so bad. But uh, anyway, the Lord blessed the time, and we uh, baptized four people there in the name of the Father. And it was just a beautiful celebration on a beautiful day uh, in the middle of Uganda. And uh, That's just just so neat. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I told them. I told them it's not about who baptized. It's more about uh, what you are confessing before the Lord and what you have right. done in the new life. That's what it's really all about. Uh, you know, sometimes... So, so did you, are, you so have somebody,
1: one of the villagers there that was able to take the pictures for you with your camera, or how did that
0: work? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I gave I, I gave one of them my camera, my phone, and they took right. pictures, and I've got... Pictures, uh, all kinds that's of pictures. Galore. But, uh, yeah, yeah, galore. And so uh, it was just a, that was the last thing I got to do. So it was very, uh, uh, you know, th- that's the last thing I got to do there. And so um, I had to leave going back to Kampala that evening, and uh, and then I got uh, I got a chance to rest for a day because I was wiped out. Um, I bet I was wiped out in those three days because it, it was just exhausting. Uh, uh, not not complaining, but uh, you know, there's there's no air conditioning, there's no nothing there, and so um, we're not used to that like they are. And so well, uh, you're from
1: Louisiana, you gotta be. You should have been used to that.
0: I wasn't <laughs> a kid. That changed. <laughs>
1: Hey, listen, uh, when you get a chance, I'd like a couple more pictures, because I'd like to post them over here, and uh, just kind of share for what we wrapped up, and uh, man, I have enjoyed this uh, recap of your trip, this has just really, really been amazing, and to to hear uh, some of the things that took place, and how God really used you over there, and uh, I want to pray for you before we Close out this if you don't
0: mind. Uh, Father, I don't mind I, just, can I say a few few more things. Sure, go ahead. Let's say just a couple other things because I want to I want to I want to ask for prayers uh, from all our listeners out there tonight. I value your prayers. A powerful. Um, we've got two hundred house churches going now, and God is opening doors for us to go to other other camps, other refugee camps, and also go to the Uganda here in the next several months, which will be the first time for us, so um, to reach out and continue to train and share the gospel. So I just ask you, as the Lord and Spirit leads you to pray for these people going out, to pray for them, to pray for the people that will hear the message. And uh, we know the Lord. We're gonna gonna do His part if we do ours. So I just covet your prayers and ask for them. And uh, I appreciate it for all those uh, that will say a prayer. Uh, and we will uh, we will keep going. And uh, now I'm gonna let Brian pray for us as we go. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Well, Bill, we have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this time with you this evening, and I look forward to uh, some more of these wonderful uh, trips that you take and i look forward to hearing more about what you're doing with rock ministries and how the lord is really using you Uh, so father i just pray for my brother bill i pray for his family that allowed him to take off and to be gone father i we are so excited that you uh sent bill over there And that, Father, that you brought him back safely and that you kept him safe while he was there, uh, that he didn't come back with any leech bites or anything else on his body. And, Father, we just thank you, Father, so much for that. Father, and I just pray that you continue to use our brother Bill mightily, Father, in his missions that he uses. Father, we we look forward to uh, the opportunity for him to take more trips to Uganda, Father, to help the people there uh, and that, Father, to help them with any Bibles or any buildings that needs to take place uh, and any water towers that need to be built. And so, Father, we just pray that you continue to use Uh, Pastor Bill Crenshaw and Rock Ministries in a mighty, mighty, mighty way, Father, for the kingdom. And so, Father, we just pray that you continue to bless them, bless his ministry, Father, that you would pour out the resources that are needed and pour out the financial resources that are needed and that, Father... Whatever is needed that father that you'll provide not only everything that they need, but father But more than enough more than enough More than enough father according to your riches and so father we just give you thanks father for bill We give thanks father for the other people that have been involved in helping rock ministries and father We just pray that you continue to bless the Congolese people father and father to help them to stay strong to build them father and to Help them, Father, to build back up, Father, so much that has been lost. And, Father, that you will continue to give them that life-bearing living water, Father, that only that you can do, Father. And so, Father, we just pray that you continue to bless them in all that they do. Father, that you bless them in their physical health, their mental health, and their spiritual health and that, Father, for Bill and for the Uganda people, Father, that you would bring to them a double portion of blessing and favor, Father, this year. So, Father, we just ask all of these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.
0: Amen, Brother Brian. Listen, thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Montel. Uh, I appreciate you so much for for what you do. Uh, It's been an honor, Brian, to be on with you again, and uh, I would welcome any time you having me again. So uh, thank you, everybody.
1: Well, God bless you, Bill, and good night, and have a good rest this weekend. And we look forward to hearing more about Rock Ministries and what you're doing. So God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Brian. Bye-bye.